You're listening to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Ryan and Kayla North, hosted by Chris Turner, a One Big Happy Home production. This podcast equips parents to empower their children and build healthy relationships throughout the home in order to see lasting change and thrive as a family. This is for families of all kinds, especially those who are parenting kids through adoption, foster care, kinship care, or in the process. This podcast is a trust-based, trauma-informed, connected parenting resource. To learn more, visit OneBigHappyHome.com. Greetings, and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Joining me once again is Ryan North. So uh, as we record this, uh, we do record these things ahead of time of you listening to them, sometimes by quite a few days and even weeks. And uh, the lovely Kayla is down and out with some bronchitis. Not a good thing for her to be talking because talking leads to coughing. Coughing's no fun when that's literally all you're doing, which is what happens with bronchitis. So Ryan and I are flying, uh, well, not solo because it's two of us, but... uh, we don't have our navigator, I guess, uh, in the cockpit with us tonight. So, well, I'm I'm glad you said we don't have our conscience with us. At least you could have said that. Um, that yeah, gl- that too. <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, we don't we don't have the we don't have the lone adult on this team uh, with us this evening. Uh, so, yeah. So right. I'm glad you. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that we do record these sometimes back to back because the previous episode um, that that aired before Christmas and this one that airs after Christmas were recorded back to back. And so we do have to clarify that because I don't want people going, oh my gosh, has Kayla still got bronchitis weeks later? Because we <laughs> right. do these things exactly um, in, 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 in little batches like this when, when, we, when we were able to schedule the time. Um, but, but, you know, it's funny, Chris, her and I um, – you know, um, like like any any real relationship, we have our ups and downs. But I think that we have way more ups than we have downs. Uh, and I think Kayla would—I know Kayla would not think. I know she'd agree if she was here. Uh, but we also have a little bit of of, of some banter between us. Um, and and the other day, uh, the other day she 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 was coughing um, yesterday Thursday. I don't I don't know whenever it was. She was coughing, and she had this kind of little coughing spell, and and. and and uh, she said, oh, I'm so tired of coughing. And in my attempt to be funny, I said, yeah, we're tired of hearing you cough. <laughs> and how did that go over? <laughs> uh, she started coughing because she started laughing. Laughing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, that's we, we have some, we usually have some, some banter like that between us and, and stuff like that. So I hope nobody is mad at me. My wife wasn't, so nobody can be mad at me on her behalf. It was just a joke. There you go. There you um, go. All right. So, do you want? Do should we tell everybody the secret? Sure. What's the secret? Do I know the secret? Yeah, you know the secret. Okay. Uh, the secret. The secret is that we <laughs> usually, um, at minimum, have a topic, uh, or inside of that topic, we'll actually plan out some some things we actually want want to want to hit and make sure the conversation is guided that way. Um, but at the end of this, um, then we have you know we we also record what we call the green room for the episode. Where we're the three of us, and in the last one, just Chris and I, will sit and talk about some stuff that happened in the episode and go a little bit deeper on it. And in the midst of that, uh, when we were done with that, I said, hey, do you want to call time on this, or do you want to record another one? And Chris said, yeah, let's record another one. We're here. Everything's set up. And I said, and he said, what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, I don't know. 
and <laughs> then then we just decided that this literally was going to be unscripted, uh, not scripted, but but zero planning. We were just going to get in here and have a conversation about some stuff. Um, and so here we are. Chris, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> that pregnant pause there was quite intentional on my part because uh, I was going for the comedic effect. <laughs> it wasn't a tech hiccup. No, there no, was I didn't. not a tech hiccup. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, you, you and Kelly watch Ted Lasso like like Kayla and I do, right? We do, but we have not gotten very deep into uh, season two. I think uh, we're through the Christmas episode, or maybe the one maybe. right after the Christmas episode. So maybe the Christmas episode was episode three. Yeah, we might be on. It gets better. It gets better from there. Four or five. Um, I quite enjoyed the Christmas episode. So, no, I mean the, the whole season just it, it picked up some steam after that. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, the reason that I asked about that is number one, just you know, again, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, just just a warning. There's an inordinate amount of bad language in it, and whatever you've heard about how British people stereotypically cuss, it's true and amplified in the show. And so just that's, that's my warning. I mean, because for some people actually who I know speak like that, some people who I know that doesn't bother them at all. And then some people I know that wouldn't watch something like that because that there's just excessive yep. bad language in it. So I just want to be right. fair to everybody. But yesterday, Chris, um, they dropped a Christmas gift. There's about an, um, somewhere between five and ten minute claymation episode of Ted Lasso. Ah. Oh, my. Yeah, and it's and it's everybody. It's all it's everybody's voices and stuff, and 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 here here's here's the plot. Um, they're all in the locker room at Richmond FC, AFC, excuse me. And uh, Ted comes out of his office, and they gasp because they notice that Ted's mustache is missing. Oh no! And so they're trying to find <laughs> his mustache before he facetimes his son for Christmas because his son won't <laughs> recognize him without it. <laughs> And let me guess, it's a, it's a claymation mustache we're looking at. We're just going to slap right on our face, right? Well, one of the things that happens is, is Roy Kent, and they're trying to, they're trying to, to fix it, right? And so the, 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 one of them, is, they draw like a Clark, Clark Gable mustache on him with, like a, with makeup. And then another one is that, is that Roy rips his eyebrows off and sticks them on Ted's upper lip. And, and uh, I gotta go and find then, this now. I gotta go find yeah, this now. Yeah, dude. And, and then his mustache looks exactly like Ted's mustache. And he says something about, uh, I look just like that's just like the mustache of 1980s Super Detroit Tigers fan Thomas Magnum or something. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And then, and then, and then Keely says to Roy, something like, Well, that's so kind of you to donate your eyebrows or whatever. And he goes, that's all right. And then they just grow back. They just pop out of his head. And she goes, <laughs> and she looks at him. She goes, you're so hairy. <laughs> oh, dude, it's so funny. Oh. <laughs> Anyhow, now I think I've actually, it took longer to, to, to give the episode synopsis than the whole little thing was. Oh, that's okay. Um, but, but my point being, um, my point being, one thing's from Ted Lasso. That's why I brought it up, not to talk about the claymation thing. But um, for those of you who haven't watched it, and we can put, the, I'll actually need to remember to put this in the show notes because this is actually on YouTube. Um, mm. The scene where he plays darts against mm -hmm. um, the former owner of the club in the pub. 
great scene. Oh my gosh, what a spectacular scene. And not just in that show, but in like television, right? I mean, if, if you've not seen the show and have heard all the hype and wonder why it wears, won all those awards, because of scenes just like this one, um, where, where he says, which we later find out is actually not a real Walt Whitman quote. I believe it's actually made, it just, he cobbled something together um, from probably a lot of sources, uh, including perhaps the Bible, be quick to listen, slow to speak, uh, with this idea that you be curious, not judgmental. Yeah. Um, that um, is a concept that, that I know you do as well as I do and as well as Kayla does. The three of us agree with 100%. Be curious rather than judgmental because curiosity, why did my child respond that way? Rather than being punitive because of the way your child responded will always help you find the root cause um, at a much faster rate than judgment ever will. But yeah. here's the other thing that, that I think we need to be very, very um, honest about. Why did I respond that way? Mm. Be curious about your own responses rather than judgmental about the person you're in the conversation with. Yeah. Um, to, to me... Um, Oh my gosh, that has bothered me ever since I've watched that episode. I think about it every day. I talk about it a lot. You know, we, we partner with Sky Ranch to do a camp for foster adoptive families in Colorado. We've talked about that before because that's where we got to know you and Kelly years ago. Um, but this last year, um, you know, during the, during the teaching time with, with the adults, um, I talked a little bit about Ted Lasso and about this idea of being curious, not judgmental. Well, it um, turns out like half of the people at the camp were like, you know, super groupies of, of young Ted Lasso. And, um, and, and for those of you who don't, do not know, it's outside of Westcliff, Colorado, which is a small little town in the middle of nowhere. And this camp is up, up the hill, 20 minutes outside of Westcliff. And so one of the couples there actually went ask Kayla, my shirt size. Um, and, um, and then, uh, ordered me a Ted Lasso t-shirt that they had Amazon, uh, ship up the mountain and gave it wow. to me the second last day of camp. Yeah, and it's a picture <laughs> of, of Ted Lasso. And I'm sure that they don't. Have, it's it's like you know they don't have a licensing agreement with Apple or Sony or who or Jason Sudeikis or whatever, because um, the face has no features except the mustache. Nice. Um, and and so, but you can see it's Ted Lasso, right? It's got the hair and everything. Yep. And he's drinking a cup of tea, and on the bottom it says, "Be curious, not judgmental." Mm. Um, so good. On the other hand, yeah, I'm I'm still waiting for my Roy Kent jersey because Roy's my spirit animal. Um, we should unpack that because <laughs> I think I can agree with that. <laughs> I, I've I've taken so uh, the moment where so in the second season, you know, Roy goes to work for uh, one of the broadcast teams uh, in yeah, studio yeah. and. Uh, very famously is asked a question and Roy's response is simply, and I'm doing this for the benefit of those who aren't watching us on video. Um, they're just listening to it. Roy's total response is to look over glare for a second at the questioner and then turn his face back to the camera without saying a word. <laughs> and, and, and of course, because everything gets made into a GIF these days, 
I've been using that one rather extensively when people ask me questions that I are annoyed by. I'm annoyed by, so. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> or, or you could do it the other thing you did. Uh. <laughs> I've done that to Kelly a few times, purely as a joke, just because I know she would appreciate it. She'll ask me something, I'll just go, uh. And she'll just start laughing because she knows exactly why I'm doing it and who it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one in a marriage with some witty banter. <laughs> um, yes, you know, if if uh, counts as witty banter, sure. Oh, it sure does, my friend. It sure does. Uh, especially since it, especially since it uh, helps company in my we're tired of hearing you cough comments. Um, so... Uh, but but you know um, as this as this the, um, um, as this idea of uh, be curious not judgmental has really troubled my mind and troubled in a good way. I don't mean mean like yeah. like it keeps me up at night, but but it churns in my thoughts. And, and how can I be better about that? How, how can I be better about that? Because you know we talk about parenting a lot, but 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 these principles. You know, I, I, I met with uh, somebody from a from a really uh, one, a large multi site church here in Dallas Fort Worth last week. About some of the things that we've done and we we've created, and, and he said to me, "Would this only be for people who have adopted or who are currently fostering?" And I said, "No, um, this would be for everybody, but it's not just for for in parent child relationship. All of these are great relationship principles that you could use in any single uh, any single." relationship whether that be in a marriage whether that be in an employment relationship you know this concept that that simon sinek and i don't know if you if you've read this book or not chris um because i know you you are a voracious reader but there are literally millions of books out there and so you may read a book a day and still never get to this one i've never asked you about it i don't think um the infinite game by simon sinek no i haven't read that one Uh, have you heard of it i've heard of it i just haven't read it yeah, it, it's really, really good. Um, uh, it, it ties a lot into um, Carol Dweck's um, mindset stuff, uh, but in a lot of ways um, providing kind of con- in the context of corporate environments, how we can apply some of those things. And if we really want to be all that we can be and, and, and help our people be their best, not, not this idea of, of getting the best out of our people, but helping our people be the best, mm-hmm. which, which, may, which may people may say that's just word semantics, but I don't think it is, right? I think that that's a really important distinction. Then one of the, the things, so he has these five tenets of what he calls the infinite game, and he explains what an infinite game is because um, much like the Ted Lasso thing, when, when they're playing in the English Premier League or the or the championship as they do in season two, um, that's a finite game. There's a start time, there's an end time. It's time bound, it has rules, there's a clear winner or loser. Mm. Unless, of course, it is actually soccer, which I love. Uh, but sometimes the the it, the score is the same at the end. Um, but so we'll leave that off the table then. But like you know, in most in most sporting contests, right? There are rules. It's time bound. There's a clear winner and there's a clear loser. His point is that life isn't like that. Mm. Um, there's a clear starting point. Nobody can tell you when the predefined endpoint of your life will be. Um, the rules change constantly depending mm. on. On new technology, maybe even new government uh, restrictions, etc., like that. Generationally, it changes, yep. um, you know, and all those kinds of things. And, and he said that that you know, if you if you play, if you go through life with what he calls an infinite mindset, 
it it isn't just um, a finite mindset, which which is Dweck's fixed mindset, right? We'll we'll have we'll get right. you to a place where you think basically whoever dies with the most toys wins, right? But an infinite mindset gets you a place with how can I build something that outlasts me? It's mm-hmm. it's more it's more about legacy th- 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 than trophies, right. right? And I just absolutely love it because it's kind of what parenting is. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it is it is about it is about it is about doing something that outlasts me. Right? One day I will not be breathing air on this planet and my children will and their children will and their children will. Um so so I have to create a family culture, an environment, a legacy that outlasts us. Um and one of the ways we do that according to 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 uh Simon Sinek is um, that we um, we have the car- we we build trusting teams. Mm-hmm. That's number two. Number five is we have the courage to lead, and I think that doing the right thing requires courage. I think that uh, it is easy to be punitive with the children, but it does take courage for you to tell your history to behave itself and parent them to their needs, not to your history. Yeah, and so that's why I absolutely love the book and actually recommend it to parents all of the time. Uh, the Infinite Game by Simon Sinek, because what he's talking about is in businesses and mm-hmm. how businesses contrast businesses with finite mindsets versus infinite mindsets. Um, but I think all those principles are true in parenting. Uh, we just talk about it in terms of, well, you have to think differently. Yeah. Um, you have to embrace change. You have to you know, um, do all the things that, that, that probably were not done for you in your childhood, mm. but here you have the opportunity to do it for your kids. Hey friends, this is Dallas, your Empowered Parent Podcast producer. I wanted to tell you about our Patreon page and how you can become a Patreon subscriber. If you go to patreon.com slash empoweredparent, you can sign up to support our podcast starting at just $5 a month. You'll gain access to our exclusive Facebook group only for patrons. There's also other levels where you can get access to exclusive audio content and guest interviews, recorded classes, monthly Q&As to answer your questions, and also personal parent coaching, where you can share some struggles you may be having and brainstorm ideas and get some resources to really help your family. Hey, we so appreciate you listening, and we would love your support for the podcast and to become a part of our Patreon family of listeners. To sign up, visit patreon.com slash empoweredparent. It's really funny that you see your choice of words just there. Um, I, I say funny, not in the humorous sense, but in the... Um, setting off a chain of thoughts in my own brain. So I have a, a, this Twitter friend, Adam, who is a psychiatrist or psychologist, whichever one you don't, you can't write drugs for. He's that one. Um, <clears throat> psychologist. Psychologist. So he's a psychologist. And he works a lot with attachment stuff, which is, of course, mm-hmm. a big issue uh, in the foster and, and adoptive parenting world. And so um, you know, Adam talks about his his own personal story all the time um both in uh his videos that he posts to youtube as well as you know in his twitter feed um he is one of those people that you're talking about who uh did not have did not come from a family that valued the legacy part of things Mm. um um, i think a lot of times the people who tend to value the trophy thing the most are are either folks who didn't grow up with much or grew up with a lot, mm-hmm. right? You either want that thing that you, you've never, ever had and 
may not ever have the chance at, or you want more of the thing you've always had, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And he came, he came from the former. He came from folks who didn't have a whole lot. And he had to break out. He, 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 what he talks about is he had to break out of a victimhood mindset first <clears throat> because that was something that was very predominant within his family, his immediate family. And when he met uh, his wife and they got married, he saw how easily they could have stayed in that same, that mm. same mode. And he wanted to build a legacy, not just... He didn't want to better himself just for the sake of bettering himself and acquiring the toys, as you talked about earlier. He wanted to build that legacy uh, within yeah. his family. And he and his wife have, uh, as we like to say from, from the video game culture, has they've leveled up. Uh, yeah. From from where from from his more you know what we what we normally say his more humble roots right, um, <clears throat> and that's the mindset that he is he's approached everything with is all his he's he works to be very intentional with what he he's trying to do with his children and you know he he doesn't work he's worked with foster and adoptive parents but he and his wife are neither uh, you know all their children are biological. But he still approaches his relationship with them from that connection mindset that you know we, we talk about all the time, and yeah. that he's he's looking to build that legacy because same thing he knows there's going to be a day I'm not I'm no longer breathing. You know this may come as a shock to a lot of people. You know death is 100, percent and it doesn't matter how you're going. It could be a, a it could be a pandemic. It could be just walking down the street you trip and fall and bang your head. It could be something that normal quote unquote right so yeah. we, we we don't know so he's trying to lay that same foundation and what you what you said there ryan just made me think about about adam and and the things that i've learned from him just just from following him and watching videos and it, it's inspirational in a sense to to see how far he's come from uh you know those beginnings and to see uh, yeah, I've known him through three of his children, essentially. Like when I first, we first became, you know, Twitter friends. He, they only had the one between the two of them, and now they've got four. Oh. So, wow. um, yeah, um, yeah, they're they're not wasting time. Uh, but also, I've been on Twitter a really long time too. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think He's Johnny uh, on the spot. Yes, uh, there's something very much to be said for that uh, mindset of building a legacy. Well. You know, Chris, and, 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 and in all honesty, um, when I said we just we just said, hey, we're just going to have a conversation with the mics on here without having any pre preconceived ideas about what this episode might look like, was legit. That wasn't just theatrical. Mm -hmm. um, but 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 I think I think we've we've kind of landed on something here because yeah, um, because I think in terms of um, of of like um, like does my life matter? You know, when I think in those terms, does my life matter? And 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 I know, and I hope that that the couple of episodes, which just being you, um, we might we might actually connect with more dads than we should do. Our audience is primarily moms, mm. uh, and some of their husbands listen to. But I hope this episode and the previous one uh, that the ladies would go, honey, you, you need to listen to this because because these guys are talking to you because because I can't, you know, K Kayla can speak speak sort of, not sort of, she can accurately speak about the realities of being a mom. 
Right. I can't. I, the only thing I can speak to is that I, is that I have a mom and I'm married to a mom. Right. Uh, but, but I have zero experience as a mother and I have zero experience of, of what that feels like, um, uh, you know, any of those kinds of things. But, but I will say as a dad, I do think in terms of does this matter? And yeah. for me, that, that's, that's the checkpoint, right? Are, are we doing this? Are we spinning our wheels? Or are we actually engaged in something that matters? That's important to me um, because, because of, of, of a couple of things that happened over the course of my life. One of them, somebody told me about, and I need to find it so I can accurately, um, can accurately report on it. But I'm going to do my best sort of message version of this because without being able to point you to the research, I'm just going to recall it as best I can. Um, I'm assuming this is in the 80s um, because we talked about men in their careers and wasn't people in their careers. So yep. it should be pretty old. But, 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 but what brings you satisfaction loosely by decade? Um, what motivates you? And if I remember them correctly, uh, men in their 20s were motivated by sex. Just if, if there was any kind of sexual potential or, or anything, um, you would always gravitate to the thing that, that, that was that. In the 30s was money, 40s power, uh, 50s um, influence, 60, mm. I forget. But when you got to retirement, the thing that mattered the most to people when they retired from their careers was was um, was legacy. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that you wanted to know the most was did my entire professional career actually matter? Mm. And so this is the counsel that was given to me. Since Since you're likely to get to the end of your professional career and ask yourself, did it matter? Um, why don't you just find something that, that actually matters and, and give it everything you got? Yeah. And that's kind of why we gravitated to this, this sort of, sort of work is to know that, that, that what, what, what we do matters to people, it, it, to real people who every day have to wake up and parent their kids, who every day have to wake up and, 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 and do the best they can in spite of the things that are happening to them or have happened to them. And we get to be a part of that. Um, and to me, um, I, I never struggle to fall asleep at night because, um, because I feel like the things that we do, they matter. Because somebody told me once when I was in my 20s to think in terms of legacy, not in terms of money and power. Yeah. And I think for dads, that's really, really important. How I am, um, you know, Kayla and I talked about this the other day. Um, I said, oh, I need a think tank. And she said, okay. Well, you bounce your ideas off of me. And I said, you know what? With all respect, that's not going to work anymore. Because in order for, for the ideas to actually be fully vetted, I need to share it with a bunch of people who will kick them around, make me defend them. And in that, pro excuse me, and in that process, we're more likely to get to the best version of the idea than if we just go, go, no, go when we get the idea, right? Yeah. But I realize, and this is, I think, part of me maturing, I realize that Kayla can't be the only person in charge of that process for several reasons. Number one, it puts too much pressure on her. Yep. Uh, and number two, I now have the self-awareness to realize that even though my wife is not just my life partner, she's my business partner too, um, that, 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 that you telling me, Ryan, that's not a good idea is like, okay, fine, Chris. So let me explain to you why it is a good idea. And then you'll say, no, I still have this holes in it. And I'm like, okay, let's refine it. But if Kayla says it's not a good idea, it's not that somebody gave me the feedback that I needed. 
it's if my idea wasn't good enough for my wife. Mm. Right? Because 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 you know, right? Who 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 can wound you the, the hardest on this planet? Right. Her name's per- Kelly. Yep. Right? Yeah, and and for me it's Kayla and for anybody listening it's their spouse because 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 one of the things and and you know and and, and you know, our pastor did some some teaching on this earlier this year about sort of like, you know, what, what men crave from, from and, and need from their wives and what, what women crave and need from their husbands. And one of the things, and I think this is part of my maturing on it, was that I need validation from my wife, right? I, I need, I, I'm just a little boy who needs a high five uh, <laughs> from his bride. And if I'm telling her, look, here's an idea I have, and she gives really good feedback, and none of it is, is at a boy, then I can't go, that's good feedback. I'm like, oh no, I was a disappointment to my wife. Mm. And I think that that's part of, 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 of what well, the place we all have to get to. I, if you're not there, you got to get there. If there's a, a men listening to this and we're not there, we have to understand um, that, that we're putting too much pressure on, on our spouses to fulfill us. Uh, and I'm not saying you shouldn't fulfill each other. I think that you know, in, in a marriage... When we're like, you know, we is more important than me. That's that's something we firmly believe in our marriage, that we is more important than me. Um, and so and so we're all in on that. But um, but what I have to say is that is that is that I think that men need other men um who can um who can uh remind them that they're not as great as maybe our egos think we are. Um, right. who who can who can tell us, dude, just sit down. Okay. Just just be cool, <laughs> whatever. You do this to me all the time, and, I, and, 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 and here we are still yucking it up on a Saturday night because it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't wound me because I need it. Yeah. Because um, you, know you know it comes from a place of love and respect, right? Mutual love and respect. And so when you yeah, know, no. you've got that, we've built that foundation. And so, yeah. Because 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 the, the inner monologue in your in your head is like somebody's got to tell him he's out of line, right? Right. And and we have enough relationship that I can do that, and so you know as much as as we should value our brides and, and do all of those things, I think we do need um, to 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 find a, a community. And so this this now is not you know it's not like a shameless plug. It's not. Uh, but but I started last year running uh, six times a year uh, a four week thing called foundations in fatherhood. And, and this is loosely how it goes every week. It starts with some teaching on the week and then you have a day or two to process that. And then I issue a challenge usually on Tuesday or Wednesday, week one challenge. You ready? I'm just going to give a small insight to the listeners. You need to sit your bride down if you're married and say, look, I know we've been trying this, this connected parenting thing and I have not been on board with it like you have. So I'd like to know all the ways that I could be better. And when she tells you all the ways you can be better, thank her for her input and then apologize for not keeping up your end of the bargain. Every time I do this, I'll have somebody or a couple of somebodies send me a message. You're not serious, are you? <laughs> I'm like, like a, freaking, like a freaking heart attack, bro. Because until you can get to that place, where you can, with all sincerity and humility, have that conversation with your bride, things aren't going to get to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. But you need other men who will encourage you to walk in there and have that conversation. Who, if who, if you do, if if that conversation goes well or doesn't go, because I get feedback saying, "Oh my gosh, that was hard," but I was so so surprised at how at how kind my wife was into response. Response. Mm-hmm. 
dude, why didn't you tell me she was going to cry when I said, how have I failed as your partner in this? Um, because all of that, hey, dude, I felt like I got kicked in, kicked in the groin by a response. I mean, these are all the responses that we get, but they're all good because they start um, a real conversation. And, and I feel like I'm talking fast now because I'm excited. I'm a little bit preacher mode. But um, one of my favorite people to listen to is Andy Stanley uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, uh, North Point Community Church out of Alfreda, Georgia, which is you know north of Atlanta, um, for a couple of reasons. I think he's a phenomenal teacher, a phenomenal communicator. For those of you who don't know Andy, you might know his, his father, Dr. Charles Stanley. Um, he and his wife, Sandra, were foster parents in Georgia for a long time, and they have the largest uh, adoption and foster care ministry that I've ever heard of. Uh, phenomenal work that they do over there in terms of how they they equip they recruit train support families who are then assigned to foster families and help that family mm. right just, just just amazing stuff but andy's an interesting guy to listen to because not only um of all of his theological training and his years of experience leading a large church and preaching and stuff but he also had to do the trauma training and so he'll he'll, he'll, he'll drop a little you know your frontal lobe's not yet quite developed uh on you during a sermon like he did the other day. Uh, but, but he said this, he said, if you need to confess, you need, if you have something that you need to get off your chest, most of us are raised that you just need to, 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 to hand that over to God. Just confess it to God. He said, yes, there's nothing wrong with that. You should absolutely talk to the Lord about it. But you need to confess it to somebody who you know. And he said, because telling God you're telling the one person who already knew. Right. If it's a secret, the one person who knew your secret, you just informed him. He said, because yep. it's not like you're confessing this to the Lord and he's like looking at his heavenly staff, like, why didn't anybody tell me Ryan was struggling? That, and that's not happening. It's not a surprise to him. He said, what you need to do is you need to confess it to another human being who you can see face to face and not, and not your therapist. Therapists are great and this stuff, but your friend, a family member, somebody you're doing life with on a, on a daily basis. Um, because if you can't confess it to the person that you need to confess it, this will be a fir- good first step because it's going to require humility. It's going to require you to actually have a very hard conversation also knowing that the person that you confess it to will probably be very interested in holding you accountable that you don't do it again. Mm. Men, men generally don't seek that, right? Like, right, right. Women do that. Um, you know, you, 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 you told me just, I mean, it's not in confidence or whatever, um, that, that Kelly had just texted and said, hey, she'd gone out to dinner with some friends and they uh, were, were doing one additional stop before she came home, just kept you up to date. Women do that a lot. When's yep. the last time me and you and a couple of other dudes we know just went out for dinner? Men don't work. We tend to not do it. Yeah. But we need to. We need to because the statistics on uh, uh, is is not good um, because because men feel like um, we 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 often feel like and again, I'm not saying it's true. I'm saying it's, it's a feeling we have that we can't talk about these things. Because we were raised in the boys don't cry, um, suck it up, buttercup. It's a sign of weakness. Um, it's weak weakness. Yeah. Just rub some dirt on it. Name it, right? We can all do the trite little things we were told as children. And what happens as a result of that is we actually believe that to be true. But the problem with that is that if I'm struggling emotionally, I need to talk to somebody about it. Yeah. I need to get that out. I need to go and punch the punching bag. I need to sit and cry. I, I need to do all those things, Chris. 
But we've all been conditioned to believe that that is not the way that we're supposed to be. But the flip side of that is that our wives have been conditioned that the way we're supposed to be too. Mm. So now I'm working against myself and she believes that's just the way boys do things. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the statistics uh, on, on self-harm, whether that be in terms of substance or, or, or suicide, they're astronomically high for men between the ages of 40, uh, of 18 and 50. Because it's between 18 and 50 that we feel the most alone. And part of it, we've been conditioned for it. Partly, the people around us have been conditioned for it. And partly, um, because we, 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 we did buy the lie. Mm. Because sometimes when people ask you, how are you doing, Chris? You'll go, I'm fine. Everything's good. Even if it's not, I do the same. Um, and so I would love now, as, as we're getting from Christmas to New Year's, and, and for anybody who's listening to us talk still, um, I would love for, 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 uh, for us guys to just commit that we're going to find some people that we can do life with and have some hard conversations and confess things to each other. I got struggles. You got struggles. We, we need to talk more with each other about the things we're struggling with. Yeah. But we don't. We yes. talk about football and Star Wars. Right. Which can be gateways to building friendships yeah. and, and establishing relationships. But yeah, once you've got something established there, you definitely need to go to go deeper. And, you know, Stephen Mansfield, he talks about this in, in the books on, on uh, manliness and manhood that he's written is building your band of brothers. Uh, he even yeah. wrote a, a small book called building your band of brothers. Um, but the, the larger concepts he talks about in, in his uh, more lengthy books. And he, that's, that's his whole premise is you've got to have just a small core group of guys who you can call out on their BS and they can call you out on yours. And that comes from, not from a place of, you know, teasing or anything like that, but from a place of, I care about you enough to help you, you know, see this issue that you've got going on because I I don't want you to struggle with it anymore, essentially. Right. And then to be there as a support uh, you know, mechanism is you're trying to overcome uh, some limitation that you've got in your life. And yeah, and I think it's it's really important. And 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 again, you know, some people have accountability groups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big believer in those because if you're at a place where you don't want to be account- held accountable by anybody, that's a re- that that's not just a red flag. That's a whole bunch of red flags for me that, that you don't want to be held because. Well, I'm not going to get into that, but it's just, I hope it's obvious why that's problematic if you don't want to be accountable to anybody. Yep. Um, I, I heard this a few months ago, and I hope I'm repeating it correctly, and if I'm not, just somebody shoot us a message. Um, the second last person you will ever see clearly is your mother. Mm. The last person you will ever see clearly is yourself. Um, we're masters at self-denial. Oh, yeah. You know, I mentioned Andy Stanley earlier. Um, he, he once said, the problem with people isn't that we won't take advice. The problem with people is that we take our own advice. Mm. And it's always filtered through our emotions that distort reality for us. Yep. And part of why that's super true is because in your version of Chris Turner's story, Chris is always the hero. Absolutely. In my version of Ryan North's story, Ryan's always the hero. I'm the hero some days. Some days I'm the villain. 
And some days I'm just yeah. an extra. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. And, it's, and it, I'm just along for the ride. But but, but I think that I, that, I think that there is a level of not not just not just um, maturity and wisdom that leads you there, but there is also some emotional health that's required to lead you there. Yeah. You know, um, for those for those who who know um, our friend Melissa Corkum, who is uh, on the Adoption Connection podcast with uh, with Lisa Qualls, both Lisa and Melissa are uh, are Enneagram certified Enneagram coaches, and so Kayla and Melissa were talking about it not uh, not too long ago, and, and Melissa recommended this podcast where they explain each of them. I think there's not, is there nine, eight or nine nine and yep. what they mean, right? And so. And so Kayla listened to all of them, and then one item, as she was listening to the episode, she goes, "Oh my gosh, like 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 this number, like it sounds like this kid, and and yeah. I think I'm this number, and because of this." And she listened, and it all made sense. Um, but she got to me, and she said, um, "You're an eight. And I said, "Okay, what does that mean?" And she started listening to the characteristics, and she said, eights are typically snowplows." I said, "What does that mean?" Well, they just push everything and everyone out of their way to get to get their objectives met, and I'm like. I don't feel like that really explains me very well. And she said, hold on, but there's also a healthy eight and an unhealthy eight. And an emotionally healthy eight can choose to not be a snowplow. And, and what I took from that is that, is that in order for us to look at, to, to look at the, the darker, um, more unappealing parts of who we really are, mm -hmm. because we're a combination of good and bad, right? right. For us to, and experiences, um, you know, it's like Andy said, um, who you are today is, is a combination of your history, your circumstances, and your hopes and dreams. Mm. Every moment is a combination of what led you here, the circumstances you find yourself in, and who you want to be. Um, but I think for us to be able to say to those parts of our personalities who, when we're under pressure, don't value people, who, when we want our agenda forwarded, we send a steamroll over people, but to be able to say, no, stop, we're not doing that today does require a level of emotional health that that if we're honest a lot of us just don't have and and part of getting to that place is being willing to talk openly about your shortcomings and your failures and and your history and your struggles and to be able to receive feedback and to be around people who who know exactly who you are and still invite you to come and sit in their backyard and enjoy a cookout as you um, and your wife do to my wife and I, because I think you guys know who you're dealing with and, <laughs> right. and you like us in any case. So, I mean, those are the kinds of people you need in your life. Yes. The people who know you intimately and still want to hang around with you. Yeah. Like, look, dude, I, I realize you think you're, you're pretty fancy. Uh, you ain't sit down. Um, you know, I, I, th I think that those, those are really valuable people yeah. to have in your life. So, so I thank you for that, my friend. Likewise. Well, we've kind of gone long, I guess, as we say in the parlance. But uh, there was like, I think you know, I don't think we planned to quite go quite that deep that quickly. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a great conversation, and and so I'm glad that uh, our no topic, we're gonna fly by the seat of our pants, uh, turned into something of that depth, and uh, I'm sure our listeners will appreciate that as well. If you guys have any thoughts uh, you'd like to share with us, because you know Ryan said uh, did mention earlier, you can email us. Uh, that email address is info at onebighappyhome.com. and uh, we'll 
perhaps uh, talk about your question on the air or just answer it privately. Uh, just uh, depends on the circumstances. Uh, as well, as you can reach out to us uh, in the Facebook group that we have for our podcast listeners. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast Community on Facebook, and you can uh, start a discussion there as well. If you feel like tweeting it to us, I'm still waiting to get more uh, more responses uh, at One Big Happy Home. You can squeeze it into 280 characters. More power to you. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you there as well. Finally, if uh, you're not subscribed to the podcast, uh, you can do so in iTunes or Apple Podcast or wherever we're calling it these days, uh, Google Podcasts, or on Spotify. You just got to search for the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from the show, we would love a review in any of those locations. As always, the Empowered Parent Podcast is committed to helping parents of foster and adopted kids through connecting, correcting, and empowering principles. Thanks, thanks to all of you for listening. Take care.